Vishen Kuchis, Tenamichis Nostris, Libera Nostris Nostris. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. How wonderful it is to take these first steps in the new season, holding the hand of Our Lady. Mary catapults us into God's logic with the feasts of her birth, the exaltation of the Holy Cross, of which she plays a major part, and the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. These feasts, especially the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, place us front and center in our belief that Jesus is the only Savior of the whole human person and of all humanity. We reaffirm that faith, that faith in Jesus as the only Savior. At first glance, that is a very straightforward-sounding phrase that we have repeated since we were very little. But we have to recognize that many people have lost sight of this bedrock truth, that it is Jesus who saved us through his death on the cross. Without the cross, there is simply no redemption. In recent days, we considered in the Mass St. Paul's admonition to the Corinthians. When I came to you proclaiming the mystery of God, I did not come with sublimity of words or of wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of spirit and power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. As we take these first baby steps in the new season, one thing we can ask Our Lady for is for the eloquence to explain to our friends that programs of self-help, self-realization, tapes that make them feel comforted, are exactly what St. Paul is railing against, human wisdom. There's nothing wrong with self-help, self-realization, as long as we realize that those are merely self-helps. Paul's exclusive message was Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
It is so wonderful to begin this new season with Our Lady holding her hand tightly. We know that every mother wants to see her children mature. Our Mother Mary, the woman of sorrows, places us front and center precisely before Jesus on the cross, right there at her side, precisely so that we can mature by realizing that we too share in the mission of Jesus. You may recall that thought from one of the homilies of St. Josemaria when he says, Mary always does us the immense favor of bringing to the cross, of placing face to face with the example of the Son of God, those who come close to her and contemplate her life. It is in this confrontation that Christian life is decided. For each of us, this talk of bringing us to the cross, what basically means facing up to the difficulties of life, things going wrong, physical suffering, loss of employment. Learning how to deal with those difficulties of life is a major step in our maturing. Years ago, St. John Paul II wrote that great document on the Christian meaning of human suffering. And at one point, he asks us to imagine someone sitting on the ground, resting against a piece of wood, and saying to himself, why? Why me? Why, why, why? Why all this suffering? At a certain point, a voice breaks in and rouses him from his self-implosion, so to speak. And that person who's asking that question suddenly realizes that he's resting not just against any old piece of wood, but against the cross. And as he looks up, he sees, hanging from the cross, Jesus Christ, who says to him, help me. I want you to help me. Well, the fact is that Jesus is saying those very same words to each one of us. Those words provide us with the biggest context of our life. The months that lie ahead of us and the rest of our lives have to do with helping Jesus in his work of redemption. What a difference that makes when we focus on that mission. That seriousness of purpose, because this is the most serious of all missions, that's, that purpose gives to our lives much depth. And it liberates us from a happy-go-lucky attitude and rhythm of life. There's a moment in Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, that, that really and truly captures this, this maturing process. Tolstoy is describing a certain gentleman by the name of Levin who longed to listen to the voice of his wife. 
that voice that had changed and acquired along with her gaze, that mixture of sweetness and seriousness so characteristic of people who give themselves body and soul to a single occupation. That, of course, is what occurred in the life of the woman of sorrows. In Mary's case, she could never forget those ominous words of Simeon in the temple, in the very first days of the life of Jesus on this earth. When Simeon said to her, Behold, a sword shall pierce your soul also. It is obviously very hard to ever forget words like that. It is easy to imagine the neighbors of Mary there in Nazareth, no doubt noticing that joyful seriousness in her eyes, even when she was a very young mother, barely 20 years old. To learn from this woman of sorrows, we can observe her during her son's passion and death. We can take advantage of some powerful passages from a book by Francois-Michel Willem called Mary, the Mother of Jesus. During the Lord's Via Crucis, Mary is finally able to encounter her son. Jesus had awaited this moment throughout his entire life. As for Mary, she too had been preparing herself for this moment ever since Simeon's prophecy. During those years in Nazareth, side by side, they had anticipated this hour, their hearts fixed upon the decree of the Heavenly Father, and now their eyes met. And at once there was a union of their souls. What need could there be for words? Suffering met with suffering. Sympathy accepted sympathy. Courage joined with courage and love was united with love. As Jesus agonized on the cross, we can imagine Mary contemplating the words that Pilate had had written and placed above her son, the initials I-N-R-I. That first initial I, Jesus, Jesus. That word brought to her mind that moment when she had heard that name for the first time. When the angel had said to her, you shall call his name Jesus. And knowing Our Lady as well as we do, we can imagine how many times during those 33 years she had repeated that name over and over and over again. The letter N for Nazareth, that word that flooded her with memories of the 30 years in which Jesus had worked as a simple carpenter, those years she lived with him at Nazareth. And then R.I., King of the Jews, Rex Judeorum. The angel's message so many years earlier had been, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
for an entire lifetime. Mary had pondered those words in her heart. Those words in her heart that resonated over and over and over again. The throne of his father David. The Blessed Virgin shows us how to handle setbacks, discouragement, pain and suffering. She exemplifies for us the co-redemptive meaning of our own pains and sufferings. She teaches us how to handle those setbacks, that sickness with acceptance and abandonment. St. Josemaria writes in Furrow, number 250, We could get rid of so much neurosis and hysteria if people were taught, together with Christian doctrine, really to live as Christians, loving God and knowing how to accept things that annoy us as a blessing from his hand. Those are very beautiful words, very powerful words. And yet we instinctively ask St. Maria to help us in our own lives to be able to reach into our interior life when those difficulties arise. You recall how St. Maria would say that if we are filled with admiration for this kind of message, and yet at the first thing that goes wrong, we, we lose it, so to speak. We're just a clown. He obviously was speaking above all to himself. But it is a great thing for us to consider in our own prayer. How do I handle difficulties? Am I quick to dig deep into my own interior life in order to discover or to remind myself of precisely the deeper meaning. There was a mother of a large family who many years ago was giving a presentation at a conference on the family. And she recounted for all those present a conversation she had had when receiving spiritual direction. In the beginning of that conversation, She basically unloaded, as we say. She just said, my life's a mess. The house is a mess. The kids are a mess. My prayer life is a mess. Everything is just a mess. And that wise person who was listening to her, after hearing her and seeing that she had finished, said to her, Anne, All the great miracles of life are messy. Childbirth is messy. Raising children is messy. And the crucifixion was very, very messy. Very noisy, above all very bloody. A complete mess. And she got the point. All the great miracles of life are messy. If we don't have the cross... What are we left with? If we don't have this life of faith, this realization that our life has as its most important meaning, 
the redemption, what we are left with, of course, is imploding. Our default setting is to implode. Someone who was very transparent, thank goodness, was talking about her own implosion in an article some months ago, where she described herself at a typical cocktail party, sitting in a corner, looking at all the people, and thinking to herself, as she looked from one to one, one to another, she said to herself, you don't have cancer, you don't have cancer, you don't have cancer, I have cancer. And getting, feeling more and more sorry for herself and really and truly imploding. Which of course does not get us anywhere. Saint Josemaria, in one of his homilies in Friends of God, offers the following advice when we have to confront illness, either in ourselves or others. When we are sick, we can get very tiresome. We can end up saying to ourselves, they are not looking after me properly. Nobody cares about me. I'm not getting the attention I deserve. Nobody understands me. The devil who is always on the lookout can attack from any angle. When people are ill, his tactics consist in stirring up a kind of psychosis in order to draw them away from God and fill the atmosphere with bitterness. Therefore, if God wills that we be struck down by some affliction, take it as a sign that he considers us mature enough to be associated even more closely with his redeeming cross. All along during this time of prayer, we've been considering maturity, being aware of what our life really and truly ultimately means as far as God is concerned. We can say to Jesus right now, truly present here in the tabernacle, my Lord, you and I, we have a lot of redeeming to do. And that redeeming is going to be accomplished precisely through the very same means that you began that process on the cross. There is no other way. We hereby make this resolution to embrace the cross, to carry in our pocket a small pocket crucifix, You may have heard that there were times when St. Josemaria found himself in the chapel where he was living in Rome, where he would pull out his pocket crucifix and kiss it a number of times. Well, it makes all the sense in the world then that St. Josemaria would write the following in The Way of the Cross. Is it not true that as soon as you cease to be afraid of the cross, of what people call the cross, when you set your will to accept the will of God, then you find happiness. 
and all your worries, all your sufferings, physical or moral, pass away. Truly the cross of Jesus is gentle and lovable. Their sorrows cease to count. There is only the joy of knowing that we are co-redeemers with him. What an incredible thought. All your sufferings, physical or moral, pass away. All those worries pass away. And we find happiness. This explains that sublime look in Our Lady's eyes in Michelangelo's Pietà. Such a serene, such a queenly look in her eyes. Well, this is what we ask Our Lady. Great serenity, great joy, great efficacy in this life of ours. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.